2: Hey don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried
3: yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous
4: selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. <laughs>
0: It's Monday night, and as we're edging closer to Yuletide Cheer, the world is agog at the swagger brio and goal scoring panache of Liverpool's dashing full back Flanny Alves. The red men sit in second place, only two points shy of leaders arsenal. We've all got our shorts on, and we're semi-excited. It's a day trippers. Night show we savour the public roasting of North London's finest fowl dished out by head chef Suarez and his busy troupe of supporting commie chefs in what was a sumptuous opener to a Christmas feast of football. We start a new Liverpool 11 and this time it's the turn of the worst Reds we've seen play. We get Mole back on the phone and we ask him if those left-back targets have been dumped after the emergence of Liverpool's current stylish incumbent, John Berto Carlos. We speak in depth to our guest this week, Sai Steers on FSG and his thoughts on the future and we'll be discussing all things Red and Cardiff with the arrival of the Bluebirds on Saturday. Before we finish out with more of your weird and wonderful questions. Now before we kick off, you'll have noticed us retweet a lot of content from Liverpool Ways account and then from. Well, tonight we're delighted to announce a formal collaboration of sorts between our two accounts, with Liverpool Ways founder Colin Turley coming on board with Day Trippers in a production capacity, and us tweeting Day Trippers-related info via the Liverpool Ways account as well as our own. So you can expect to see more original content from us in terms of interviews and other delightful stuff coming out via Liverpool Ways. Right, let's begin the show by introducing a new feature. We recently selected our all-time favourite eleven. But who would form your worst Liverpool eleven? So let's begin with the worst goalkeeper that we've ever witnessed. Now, because I'm standing here beside the microphone and I want to get my shed in early, I'm going to go with mine first here, and mine is Charles Etange, who was uh, a superstar for us from uh, 07 to 08. He managed to let in 10 goals in seven appearances at an average of 1.42 goals per game. Stats. Uh, yep, happy with that. Um, he was also a remarkable shithouse and uh, quite vampirical when it came to, cr- to crosses. Uh, and I think he ended his time there with a little bit of fallout with Rafa, which also adds to the whole parcel. So, Charlotte, he challenges my not, not to forget the Hillsborough thing.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. Exactly. He got kicked out of the club, for that. Exactly. But anyway, uh, so, Damo Flood, your keeper.
1: Um, I was having a think about this earlier on and I remember Mike Huber. He had a fantastic curly head of hair he did have a lovely career yeah, yeah. he couldn't save a ball to save his life you know you really poor keeper Um played 51 games for us wasn't great um, I don't know if i had it and I actually managed to see him play for us in one of his two games and it was uh, Paul Jones um, who signed an emergency signing yeah, on a Friday yeah. night I went over for the game woke up the next day seeing this keeper going and I was like, who the hell is that kept a clean sheet though I oh, uh, like Paul Jones Yeah, he well, wasn't bad yeah, yeah. yeah but the one for me is David James my god like he's over 200 games for the club and yeah. I don't remember him having a good one like all I ever remember David James is exactly what he is Calamity James ok so David James for me David James straight up mm. Phil
2: I know <coughs> we've had some fucking hellers through
1: the years like, to be
2: honest with you like, think about how long it took us to find Reina and get to and like the amount of goalkeepers we went through I have to say for the money that we spent and for the reputation that he came with Chris Kirkland was the biggest shock and waste mm. of fucking money ever right mm. him and the stupid peaked hat that he wear, wore and continues to wear and he was more he was made of crisps the fellow was broken every time even when he was getting a chance he was broken I just I, to this day I cannot understand how he even got an England cap I reckon the, his old lad must have split the money
0: with whoever picked did it. that ever happen did he get that there was he a big got, bet going remember on remember he
2: got the cap he like, got, did he he get got it? one cap,
0: yeah. I thought he didn't get in the end I thought his was second yeah so I reckon the money was definitely split there and, uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 to yeah. get the end cap but yeah for me man just for for the reputation he had the money that was spent on him
1: he was just an normal play of shit like. it was he was a crazy boy as well because we bought like the same day yeah. two keepers in the same yeah.
0: day yeah yeah yeah, man, yeah. okay right James Owens who would you go
4: for um, well, when I saw this, I immediately thought it's times I mean, it's 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 one where there's um, there, there is some competition. Actually, we've had some fairly crap keepers mm. in the last, you know, certainly in the time many of us have been watching. Um, my other my other thought was was Pedelli, who was on loan from yep. I think it was, was it Sampdoria.
3: Yes. Yeah, he yeah.
4: played one game against Charn in a dead rubber at the end of the 06-07 season. Mm. To Charlton, and he, I remember he's conceded one goal, which is very soft, which is a free kick. He's not he, I don't think he's really done anything of note since, but I'd go with Etange because he was just. Um, you heard various. I mean, he, he wasn't very good when he played, generally, and you heard various accounts of him being a terrible professional. And of course, what we subsequently saw was uh, him acting like a complete dickhead at yeah. um, Hillsborough Memorial Service. Absolutely, so I think yeah. he takes the cake.
0: Yeah. Okay, second share for Etange. And so Steers, your pick. <laughs>
5: uh i i'd have i probably have to go with uh with uh, calamity james um okay probably <laughs> just <laughs> probably just because uh it, you know he, he was actually a decent keeper but it seemed to be in big moments he just seemed to have dropped an absolute clangour, uh and uh, you know i i only ever seem to remember re- remember those parts about his liverpool career re- really so yeah, I'll I'll probably stick with uh stick with David James.
0: Right, we shall move away from that and on to a review of the wonderful, wonderful match of the weekend, which was Tottenham versus Liverpool. What's not to love? Um I know my myself I I, uh, I was trying to make some notes about this and uh, what what I loved about it, what I enjoyed about it. And it turned into one of those little uh, things that almost sounds when you read it back like uh, I don't know. It's almost as if I, I I made it up, but it was actually real. And this is the order in which these things happen. So before is th- we get is this, another poem. It's a poem, man. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's not a poem. It's a list of stuff. It's a list of stuff that rhymes. That no, it doesn't. <laughs> it actually doesn't rhyme. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm going to save this to the end because I'm, I'm looking at looking at Casey. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you know what? You can get the ball going here. You can, you can get us talking about the midfield. Uh, the Gerard Lucas conundrum, as you call it. Um, What's the conundrum about? The, the,
2: well, there isn't a conundrum anymore. I think, I think it, the, over the last couple of games, it's been proven that the two of them can't play in a, in a partnership together. Yet, apart, they offer such um, varying good things to the actual midfield itself. Going back to the West Ham game, Gerrard and Allen in there was a really good, dominant, powerful attacking midfield force. And when we went to Tottenham Hotspur, regardless of the Gerrard injury, the Gerard injury allowed Lucas to come in beside Alan um, initially I thought Lucas was playing a wee bit deep but as the game wore into 10-15 minutes he p- he pushed forward up the pitch became more aggressive in the same way that Alan and Henderson were aggressive in, in, in terms of their pressing And you could see again another functioning midfield unit, which we have. The problem for me has been over for for a good while under under Rogers, is that we just didn't have a functioning unit. We now have two options in terms of functioning units. Both need Allen as integral parts in there because he facilitated everything that went on in that midfield. Um, And it's, it's 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 actually wonderful to see a guy who was who was questioned whether he would ever be Liverpool quality. Um, becoming so ch- so integral to the actual midfield, and the same goes for Henderson. I suppose without Gerrard on the pitch, he really took that authority upon himself to to dominate the midfield against a much vaunted Tottenham midfield. And, and I would have said at the start of the season that the, that Tottenham game, shake the bejesus out me when thinking about it in terms of their powerful tree in the middle, and it was just it, it was it was incredible. I, I definitely didn't see that midfield performance coming. Um, I just it, it, it's so strange to see a, a small lad like Alan. Um, not be overpowered by by three big brutes that were in there, um, and and it should be said as well, Lucas's him giving away as many free kicks. I don't, I can't even remember giving giving away free kicks around the edge of the box, which had been his forte up, up up until he he was left out there. And you know, him missing out the West Ham game may have also given him the impetus that he knew that his performances up until then hadn't been quite good enough. Yeah, and there's places for this. You could ha- you can now drop Steven Gerrard and not be fearful about what happens when he's not in the team you can leave Lucas out in certain games when we need more attacking impetus when we need to dominate teams at home we have real options in midfield which is what we always wanted for someone like Rodgers
0: James would you agree would you agree with Phil's ideas there about uh, about the midfield
4: well I, I, I was I was quite pessimistic when I was on last week about this game but of course what we did is we you know, we started very well, scored a goal, and we, we carried on where we left off when the game restarted, and we got another one. You go in anywhere half-time at 2-0, and you've, uh, you've got a chance. But, I mean, in terms of the midfield, um, it was obviously integral to what was basically our big, it was, I mean, that was our biggest league win since we won 4-1 at Old Trafford in 08-09, and it was, a, it was a bit of a definitive performance. And um, the thing I did say about the midfield was in open play, in some respects, it looks better for a tough away game. Because, you know, you, they're, they're all going to be d- diligent in their, do- in their defensive duties and they're going to be better suited to things like pressing. And by God, did that show. Mm. Um, and the way, you know, you know, Lucas quietly had a good game. You know, Allen was excellent. And Henderson was obviously a stand-up performer on a day when they were sort of four or five at least. Um, and, you know, Henderson's running. I think, I think Henderson was, um, it, it, particularly if he could become a bit more consistent with his finishing, I think he would be... A, a, a real fearsome player in, in the tough away games because he's very very good in you know in those sort of games anyway in a more advanced role because there's just space to run into. I mean his passing yesterday was very very good as well and it's something I said before the game is that he needs to um, in the absence of Gerrard he, ne- he needs to offer a bit more creatively in terms of you know, with the ball at his feet and he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there was there was a good range of passing from him. He wasn't the only one but he he particularly stood out and um, but his running just the running he got through and. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way he sort of got beyond the back line, which, to be fair, wasn't difficult for Spurs, were staggeringly bad yesterday, was was really, really impressive. And I think for, for those sort of away games, he's just the kind of player you need. If he could just be a bit more reliable when he finishes, you know, um...
0: Yeah, yeah. A- absolutely, absolutely. I think, look, a- a- an awful lot of people, and it's been kind of nauseating to listen to all the told you so"s about uh, Gerrard being out of, out of midfield, to be perfectly honest with you, it's, uh, I found it a little bit irritating, um, everyone proclaimed themselves to be geniuses, I mean it was sticking out a mile really, if you watch the game, if you're, if you're interested in the game and the way the, game, the team is set up, but people did stand up, uh, Henderson stood up and Alan, okay, he's not immediately now the best player in the world, but he did play the way that we all hoped and had seen some evidence that he could play. Uh, Cy Steers, what were your what were your thoughts on the midfield and the way it operated? And would you see? And um, there was a little bit of joking there on the TV about uh, Jared finding it hard to get back in after a couple of weeks of this. If it was <laughs> to, if it was to continue, could you see a situation where I don't know, maybe we could see Jared as a tactical sub or not necessarily starting every game nailed on.
5: Uh, yeah, I I, I think I, um, I said yesterday that it was kind of um, uh, it felt like that that was Roger's team and Roger's vision out on the pitch yesterday. It's kind of how I expected us to play when Rogers came in. Um, I think Gerard's been a quandary for Rogers ever, ever since he uh, since he got the job. Really, I think politically he he's felt like he's had to play him. I mean, his stature at the club. Um, he's, the, he's the captain um, and I think that he's felt that he, he's almost been undroppable, if you like. So, mm. um, it, it's in a strange sense, when gerard has got injured uh, against West Ham, I suppose that's almost given Rodgers an opportunity to actually put out a team that that, that can do what he wants on the pitch and, and I think we saw that yesterday. Um, I mean, I, I've been a huge Jordan Henderson fan uh, ever since we signed him, really. Yeah. Um, I, I think you know he 's got all of the attributes to be a really really great midfielder um he 's got good technique you know he, he can see a pass he and he he has got goals in him he's, he's 23. he 's twenty three he needs to improve his um, uh, he needs to become more clinical uh, yeah. but he he 's definitely got that in his game <clears throat> yeah. so um i I thought it was just a, a great performance yesterday and a, and a kind of like a real blueprint for what for what rogers uh, wants how, how rogers wants to see us evolve so um i think you know my my view's been at 33 years old um similar to lampard at chelsea Gerard could become a a great impact player for liverpool um if you think about it you know if we you know if we're losing the game uh you know 60 70 minutes you know what an option to bring off the bench um to, to, to give us that kind of like um uh dynamism which he could probably give us for 30 minutes but he might not be able to give us for 90 so yeah um I've got a feeling that, that that we might see more of that as as this season progresses and certainly into next year as well. Certainly a couple of good results with the with the line
0: as it stands would give Rodgers i suppose the courage and and the and the, the evidence to to stand behind a decision like that. I
2: think uh, there's, there's a stat that's floating around
0: which mm-hmm. is really interesting.
2: Alan had the most tackles in the premiership uh, mm-hmm. for the whole weekend. Right. And that's a small ad against that that Tottenham unit, which we would have imagined they, they would have dominated that midfield.
0: Well, look, if you go back
2: two or three weeks, you would have imagined he would have dominated that, that midfield.
0: Well, that's actually very interesting. It kind of neatly leads on to the next thing we were going to talk about, which was uh, our our, our, uh, our front men, who are not exactly the, 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 the biggest and the strongest individuals, uh, as was the same with our midfield. And uh, basically, we had a load of relatively slight fellas running around, putting their arse
1: in the way, getting their foot in. It was quite inspiring to see, Damo, wasn't it? It's actually brilliant to see from uh, from the lads. I know Raheem's come in for a lot of stick recently, um, particularly over the whole game. But I'm going back a couple of games previous, and it was when Coutinho got injured. And I said at the time, we are going to struggle without him in the team. Mm. I do think he makes things tick in that half the pitch. Um, I know Suarez is, is doing what he's doing, but I do think that Coutinho is a Big impetus for us on the, the attacking tour of the pitch. And you could see it on Sunday, uh, Coutinho was excellent on the ball, but it kind of brought the same out in Sterling. But if you noticed, coming from midfield as well, everything was short, everything was 10, 15 yards, quick snappy passing. Hmm. There was none of this getting on the ball and launching it 60, 70 yards up in the corners. Get on yeah, the,
0: lots of that stuff that, that, that Roger spoke about at the start, that having basically the courage to receive the ball with People on you and make it sure, yeah. ping a quick pass away and look for an option. And if you look at Alan, he's always, as they
1: say, kind of on the half turn when he gets the ball. Sterling, too, lately, it's good to see. It, it was great to see yesterday because it, every time they got it, they were looking to make a triangle, yeah, they were looking to give it, they were making little overloads, twos and threes. Like against Hull, we didn't do that at all. I remember somebody saying, Where's all the triangles gone? Yeah. Where's the movement gone? Yeah, it didn't happen, but it was just great to see yesterday. It was just constantly just moving the ball nice and quickly, sharply, nice tempo to the game. Uh, uh, Coming back to the to, to the wee
2: lads I, I didn't think Coutinho had his best game again No I'd agree But I think Coutinho is going through second season syndrome uh, it, it happens so many times A player comes in and makes an impact because teams aren't used to playing against them mm. Then what happens is they f- sort of figure him out Now the good players and Coutinho has already shown him patches this year then figure out again how to go again um, And I think again Coutinho is starting to grow back into the, into the, into the impact he had in, 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 in games. He's obviously been told to um, take more shots because that, we, we discussed that last week and you could see he's taking more shots. I know people are getting annoyed with it, but eventually they'll start coming off and we'll all be celebrating how, how he scores some amazingly wonderful goals. But Sterling's decision-making on the ball has changed immensely from when he went out of form towards the back end the last season to what he's delivering now um, in his run this time in the actual team. That switched pass he had out, the I think it was for Henderson's goal where the ball was switched out but to the front. That far. diagonal ball, it was yeah.
0: absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But the
2: vision yeah. and, and the yeah. execution of it, had, had that been Gerard or Allen or somebody, would be we're saying how wonderful that ball was, mm. but to switch it so quickly and so perfectly, and just the whole move that builds around—he was integral to everything good that happened down the right-hand side of the pitch. And um, Coutinho linked in well with Suarez. Suarez was as usual, effusive self—he's just wonderful, and, and you just expect the brilliant to happen with him when, when he's around. And you can't—the way that team operates, and the way the ball moved so quickly from back to front, in terms of short, as you said, the short sharp passing was just was a joy to behold. It's it's the Liverpool team that I've wanted to watch for a long, long, long time.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, moving focus slightly to the back then, and we might go to you, James, on this, if that's okay, and uh, ask for your, your reaction to Sacco's performance on the day. A lot of us very enthused by that.
4: Um, well, yeah, very enthused, apart from in the bathroom or the post, I can't even remember whether it was the post or the bathroom, about, you know, 18 inches out. But no, I mean, funny <laughs> yeah, thing is, yeah, funny thing with it is it it wasn't really the best game just defensively because you know Tottenham in 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 all respects were just kind of a non entity but there were times where you know it it was marked yesterday that we we clearly set out to I mean we were were lethal on the transition but we set out to keep the ball you know we had the centre-back splitting wide of the penalty area and the ball and that kind of thing you know you you, you saw Sacco under pressure in a lot of those situations and the Posure is just staggering.
0: Yeah, uh, he he has a lovely kind of languid delivery, hasn't he? off the ball as yeah, well. he yeah. strokes it with the left foot, and it just goes directly to his target. It's lovely to see.
4: And it, it starts with pass completion are amazing. But I mean, yeah. th- they, I, you know, if if I felt like I could get run over by a tank and then get up and just you know walk away unscathed, I'd probably, <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> you'd be confident too, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah,
4: so, yeah. He was. I mean, in terms of Sacco, yeah, he was. He was. He, he was very impressive, and he has been. And I'm. Um, he, he's the player I'd be building about four round because he, he's the youngest of the new signings, isn't he? You know, and uh, yeah. he's obviously it, it makes sense. It makes it obviously makes sense because you know he paid sort of fifteen, sixteen million pounds for him, and um, I, I just hope he stays in the team because you know what we've seen of him so far has been been, been really encouraging. Yeah,
5: absolutely. He's a future captain, I think, as well. Would you would you go that far? Say so you would. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's he's a he's just a, he's just a leader on the pitch. You, yeah. you can see, you know, uh, pretty much everything he does. Um his you know, his stature, his authority. Um I he's I could see him, you know, captaining the, the club for, for ten years. I mean he he's that I think he's gonna be that, that good and that influential. We'll probably come
0: on to it later on when we're talking about the next game that's coming up, but just while you're speaking about Sai, who would you see as his ideal partner? Is it the man that's currently the incumbent there, yeah. uh, Skirtle or would it be Agra for you or who do you think? <laughs>
5: uh, as a matter of fact, I, I'd probably go a bit left field and probably, probably go Torre, but I, um, I, uh, I, I, only because I think that they've got, you know, kind of like, um, they've both got different attributes. Not, yeah. I think Torre's got a bit more pace about him than Skirtle. Um, but that, that's probably being harsh on Skirtle. I mean, Skirtle played incredibly well yesterday and he's done really well this season. Um, so it's a toss up really between, um, Torre and Skirtle, but, I just think Torre's got that kind of experience, that winning mentality. Uh, he's got a bit of pace about him. He's positionally very savvy. Um, and I just think, you know, on paper for me, Torre and uh, Sacco look, look look like our uh, our best partnership. But we're blessed with center back, So, so um, I guess it's it's whoever's in form.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I suppose move it to another little section there and maybe we can't really talk about that game without speaking about one player in particular, we don't want to go down the road of just lionising someone um, for on the back of one performance, but it wouldn't just be one performance. Um, Phil, your thoughts on John Berto Carlos, or Flanny Alves, as I like to call him. What, 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 what? Or the Scouse Cafu. Or the it? Scouse Cafu. <laughs> uh, how, we, we've got to talk about this kid, he was, he was quite immense.
2: I, I said here last week I, I wouldn't have played him because I thought Agar would be more able to deal with the the threat down the, the Tottenham wing and Jesus, I was wrong. The, he was, He was immense and I know we were talking about in terms of what Sacco brought right but for what Flanagan has brought to the table since he was recalled it's it's incredible to see a turn around and form because he was much blind everyone we don't have to think back far to that Arsenal game when there was a collective scutter happened when we saw John Flanagan's name in the team <laughs> yeah. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> I'm looking at it now and it's it's, it's like it's it's a bit chorlish really at this stage because the performance he put in, he he looks like a seasoned pro at at, 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 at that in the left back spot when it's not even his natural position. Mm. He he's turning the inverted full back into a position of his own and <laughs> going inside with a goal like that. Yeah. But for me the key for Flanagan is something that I, I, I checked today and and it is true. He attacks the wingers. When they come, when they come to us, he goes and presses them and prevents crosses from happening. And I looked up a stat today, and Spurs had twenty three crosses yesterday. Mm. Eighteen of them came from Johnson's side. Mm. Johnson does not attack the winger or, the, or press the player in, in uh, on the cross ever. ever. And then, and then we we wonder that we concede goals from yeah. from crosses if we aren't going um, and pressing the actual person in possession of the ball on the wing, we're inviting the cross in mm. and Flanagan has done that and, and if you look, eighty, as I said 18 out of the 23 came from Johnson's side only 5 came from Flanagan's side and it's just cut down the number of chances of being created in terms of crosses into the box where we were weak up until recently. Now we're we got we getting away with it because Sacco is actually dominant aerially in the box which is a wonderful thing and Skirtle seems to be taking his lead. Skerthel always seems to become a better defender when he's beside a, a, a defender in form, it's a confidence thing mm. and I'm just as much as i'm i'm relishing seeing Flanagan defend well first and for, foremost he's blossoming into being not afraid to go forward even even at the end he missed the chance that was put across the box mm. and um I, I, you know for me it, it it's it's just great to see. It's, and it's, it's, it's wonderful to celebrate a kid who's been brought through the academy because yes. it's, uh, like, it is like it is great to see one of the kids that's been developed and, and a local kid at that as well it's, it's just great to see him yeah. it means so much more to him and you could see you could see how excited he was after scored that goal he was
0: he was quite he was quite aroused by the goal I, I'd say he was semi-excited rather than <laughs> completely excited but, but, but um, I, I, and as well I think everyone was kind of heart warmed by the reaction in the, in the stand looking at Kenny's face and knowing that he'd given his debut and all that kind of stuff, and I don't know about anyone else, but I just thought that it, maybe it's just because I was watching on a nice screen. But the, the the water dripping down off the bar as as it hits is just absolutely sexual. Yeah. I loved it. I just loved it. I replayed Trev, that so many times.
2: Were you going to send me as well?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was full blown man. I don't mind him. <laughs> <laughs> is, these are just. This is this this going over these, are, these, these, are, these are just the facts. Let's go on. Um, yeah, so sorry, James. You were going to say something there, kid.
4: No, I was just going to say. I, I, I saw the ball, you know, hit the bar and go in. And I thought, oh god, this just gets better and better. And I didn't realise at first it was Flanagan who'd scored in yeah. the commentator said and I thought, fucking hell And like, <laughs> if you go on Twitter today, I, I retweeted someone had said there was there was um, a, a Spurs like a, a Spurs Twitter account. And it said, "Oh fuck off, even Flanagan scored." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know he was, re- he was really, really, good again. And I mean, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? It's an amazing kind of. Um, I mean, I was one of the people who went, as I said before, went absolutely berserk when he appeared in the lineup against Arsenal. Because what I remember him as is a player who looked destined for like a really agricultural championship team. Yeah. yeah, he's still got limitations. He's not quick, which is a shame because if he, if he, if if he was. That, you, know, you really have to make into something for a very high level there because he's actually, um, he's technically actually quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, as we've seen, you know, he's always been, you know, even when he was quite a poor player, he was, he was decent, he was neat and tidy in terms of touch and passing. And, you know, you saw the technique with the finish yesterday, but um, he, he must have worked incredibly hard. And, you know, it's a great credit to him for his, his application at Roger said today. You know, no one even wanted to take him on loan. He yeah. just turned up every day, and obviously the coaches have worked hard with him. And you know, yeah, that, was, that, that,
0: that was a really, really interesting revelation, wasn't it? From yeah. from Rogers, yeah. I, I, I have to say that came at me completely by surprise that he threw that in there. It was almost, it was almost vaguely insulting. You know, yeah. nobody, nobody <laughs> wanted him bar one. You know, but he's make yeah. like a point, isn't he?
4: That you know, yeah. obviously. Not, not even want to set the guy on loan, and then you know, look at what he's become because he's he's been in the he's been in the team for sort of I don't know half a dozen games now, getting on, and he's been really really good. So just shows you know Rodgers being the kind of coach he is. You know with with you know he talks a heck of a lot about work ethic, and obviously his background is with working with young players. He, he, um, I'm sure it's it's a point he would he would want to be very deliberate about making about you know what you can. Um, What you can kind of forge for yourself if you just, you know, if you apply yourself he's obviously got limitations, but he's uh, he's a very, very good defender. And listen, while while,
0: while we're on on the topic of fullbacks, I mean, uh, it's been going on for a little while now, and I know. yeah, Phil's, Phil alluded to it there, but I found myself doing a little happy dance at one stage when uh, Glenn Johnson actually won a back post header. I was absolutely delighted with <laughs> myself. It's such a rarity, and mm-hmm. I, all the way through, anyone who would listen to me was hearing me saying, "Why will he never go to stop the cross?" Mm-hmm. And I was actually chatting to Phil there. He was saying he never does, and it, it's true. He, the kid never cuts crosses. It's if he if he if he's on form and if he's he's positionally on on his game, he seems to get away with. But my God, when he's bad, I, I thought like the last couple of games, I just thought he was he was woeful.
5: Yeah, I, th- I thought the um, I thought both fullbacks did well yesterday, back, just back on Flanner as well, I just thought it was it's quite interesting that um, that Carragher was uh, was was left back during uh, during that kind of glory yes, year of, yeah. uh, of Julio, yeah. and it's kind of like this, I suppose it's a similar route, and he, he kind of has got a bit of Carragher about him for me. I think he's kind of got that. You know that 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 Scouse heart. Um, he, yeah, he's arguably maybe slightly technically better than than Kara as well in in terms of his technique. So yeah, um, you know it could be that, that that he does forge a similar kind of career. Yeah, well, here, here's hoping. It's it's
2: yeah. it's the one thing they're always, always on about. When when you heard Rogers being interviewed and doing doing various different bits and bobs, he's constantly mentioned that the attitude has to be right. When we had Brian Kerr on that time, he was saying about bringing young kids through that they can have all the talent in the world. They see so many t- talented kids and brilliantly talented kids coming through, but if they don't have the application and the desire to get there, mm. that they'll never make it. Like, how many how many incredibly talented kids have we? thought you we were, we're going to come true, not to come actual true. So, it's 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 as I said, it's delightful to watch him come true. But um, and long may it continue because he solved the problem at left full, and, and poor old Alice Sokko will be packing his bags at this rate
0: So, while we're on the topic, and everyone's feeling very very optimistic at the moment, what about uh, that, that, that as a kind of a, a landmark or a, a sort of signature result? I mean, was was it was it the time where is it reading too much into it to say that that's a kind of a, a watershed match for Brendan Rogers and, and his, his his time at the club?
5: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think um, it has to go down as a a watershed game, really. I mean, to go to Whitehall Lane and spank them 5-0, I I think is a a watershed game for any manager. Um, I think it it wasn't just the result, it was the way we played as well that that made it watershed. I think it was, you know, we absolutely dominated them and and, and all of the things that Rodgers talks about in terms of kind of like pressing uh, possession, you know, uh, playing with penetration—we uh, saw it all yesterday. And um, I think one of the biggest criticisms of Rogers is that he's he's incredibly good at talking the talk, but yesterday, uh, I think we walked the walk. So, um, for me, um, it, it was kind of a moment which which should say to people that look, that, you know, this guy uh, knows what he's talking about. He, he knows what he's doing, and, and you know, and, and there's the evidence. So. Um, long. Yeah, the, the trick is now is, is to, to obviously keep it up. Um, yeah, uh,
0: absolutely. I suppose I suppose we go and blow it against uh, against Cardiff, and all all of a sudden watersheds uh, start leaking, don't they? Yeah, that's yeah. a
4: test in itself, isn't it? That is a test in itself, Cardiff. Because, uh, yeah, absolutely. You've <clears throat> not, not really had a landmark result like this. Arguably, not of this magnitude under Rogers at all. Hmm. Uh, um, I mean, the funny thing yesterday is obviously Tot- Tottenham were genuinely woeful. I mean, they were they were just they just looked haunted. And obviously had a lot of injuries. and I mean, the back line was just absolutely disarrayed. It, it was a bit of a perfect storm, really, the way that you know we obviously uh, we were devastating pushing forward um, when we got the ball back, and 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 you know impressing them. And with and Sterling for one just looked like some it looks like something's clicked with Sterling. But then I think with with um, with, with the, the, obviously there was a was sending off at two nil. But at that point, we looked as likely, if not more, to get a third goal than they did to pull one back. So people shouldn't be misled by the sending off either. It was the kind of game that would have could could easily have ended three or four one to us anyway.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I fully agree. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah it is a test for us now, obviously, to actually you know to not come down from it next week. But you can't see it as anything other than a bit of a landmark performance because it was it was the kind of football both with and without the ball we'd expected to see in the Rodgers, and we we not really seen as much of it as yet. And that obviously that's kind of the Jared question with it, isn't it? A little bit of you know. The, is it is it a worthwhile compromise in every game? Probably not in every game. No, because all games are, are different. But yeah, it was it was certainly it was certainly a landmark result. Definitely in a bit of a, a you know you like I think a signature performance.
0: Here's hoping. Okay, let's move on to our guest chat tonight.
4: As you will be aware we're joined by Cy Steers, who's a
0: writer for the official club site. A man whose positivity for Rogers and FSG from the outset is well documented and actually much needed under so many pessimists around given our recent history. Uh, so Si thanks for Two of
2: the biggest ones in here by the way, myself and Floody. I'll probably.
0: tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lads, lads want to try being break. in the same room That
1: week is
2: going to break <laughs> It's all about balance It's all about balance Oh, there's yeah. definitely a karmic balance going on here, so <laughs>
0: I'll let you guess who's on the positive side in this room Anyway, yeah. uh, Si, so thanks for joining us um, uh, We're delighted to have you on So let's start with a topic that many fans are concerned by And that's the American ownership of Liverpool Football Club So what do you make of FSG and, and, and where they're bringing us at the moment?
5: Uh, Well, it's probably fairly well documented that 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 I'm a a fan of FSG. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't come at it from the perspective of that they're they're saviours, that they, you know, that they're they're messiahs, and you know, and and all all of that kind of uh, rhetoric. I I think that's way over the top. What I think they are, I I think they're they're good, sensible owners that will um, build foundations at the club uh, for us to be successful. Uh, what they'll do is they will uh you know they'll, they'll um, make sure that we uh you know we're competitive in the commercial space um I think they'll sort out anfield redevelopment um, and I think they will look to employ the very best people they can and and if if those people don't deliver then then they're out the door and they'll be replaced and i think they they've they 've shown that that they're willing to do that so uh, I think they're going to be good solid owners for us um you know whether or not they can take us as as far as the league and the champions league uh, remains to be seen but you know i certainly think that you know in john henry um i think there's he's an incredibly smart guy uh, you look at what they've done in boston um it it gives you some evidence that that they they can create a a, a kind of a winning culture and and that they're not just in it for the financial returns so for me i think that they're the right owners for us uh, at this stage.
0: Yeah, I, I, it is all about perspective, isn't it, Si? Because uh, I, if we if we had a, a couple of bad results, all of a sudden those sort of uh, ruthless decisions start to look... People start to question everything. But wh- you, you mentioned the league and the Champions League. I mean, what do you see as, as our ceiling under under FSG and the guidance of, of Brendan, Brendan Rodgers as it stands? I mean, do we not look like a team who could possibly um, compete at the very top end?
5: Uh, yeah, I mean... I, I my view is and my perspective is that, uh, that that's what Jen, john henry would demand i think that he you know he 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 looks to me look to be an incredibly tough competitor in terms of uh, you know in terms of his business interests and what he expects for, from his um uh, from his his sporting investments as well, so mm. um you know that you could see um when the Red Sox had that really poor season well wasn 't obviously this season the season before you know he completely you know kind of like ripped it up and started again and and they went out and won the world series i mean he's i don 't think he 's interested in second best second place, anything like that. It's um, so that the only question uh, around FSG is going to be is whether or not we're going to be able to compete financially with these kind of, you know, huge mega rich, um, you know, clubs like City and Chelsea and PSG. Yeah. Um, you know, and whether or not we can kind of match that kind of level of spending, uh, and if we can't, whether or not we can be smart enough to to recruit players in and develop them. Um, I certainly think in Rodgers, you know, we, we've got a manager. Uh, there, who, who's an incredible coach and somebody who's who's got a track record in in coaching young players and improving them. You just look at Flanagan and Henderson. Um, so I certainly think we've got the right structure in place. Um, and you know, <laughs> me being optimistic, you know, the sky's the limit. Really, I, th- I guess we just have to. Have to wait and see where we go. Well, um, it,
0: it would be very interesting to, to ask an optimistic man like yourself then where you would see areas of concern. I mean, outside of of what goes on in the pitch, because we, we do that to death on here every week. But are there any areas around the club that are, are, are uh, a worry to you at the moment?
5: Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think I've said it a few times. I, I've I've been a bit concerned about the kind of like the leadership structure at the club. I don't know if we've got enough experience in there. Um, I think we could really benefit from a really football savvy, experienced CEO. Um, and I know that's a a common theme um, from a lot of fans. Mm. Um, you know, somebody who really knows the game, who's really got those contacts. Um, you know, sometimes I think we're, you know, perception-wise, it looks like we're a little bit. You know, when it gets to the real kind of nitty gritty of, of you know of, of negotiating a transfer for a big name, it looks like we haven't kind of got that you know that kind of uh, I guess that nouse just to just to close close it close it down. Um, so I I do have a few concerns about the, the kind of like the the experience at the top of the club at, at the leadership level. Yeah, um, and I, and I think that you know that's that's an area where I think we probably need to improve. Moving
0: away and making a, I suppose a little bit more about yourself. How how have you found the experience of writing for the official website? I mean, in terms of are there expectations for you to produce stuff that's upbeat or or, or, uh, has a party line to it? Are there any limits to to, to what you can say or or, or, um, areas that you can't delve into? (laughs)
5: <laughs> um, well, considering uh, I generally write quite optimistically, I, <laughs> I haven't really come across any problems at the moment. but okay. you know the, okay. the guys, the guys at the website are, are absolutely great, and um, you know we've got you know complete freedom to pretty much to write what we want within reason. But you know, you got, I suppose you need to remember that it's, it's the it's the club website, so you can't really go in there slating every everybody. So you, you've got to try and, and look at things constructively. Hmm. Um, so you know, that, that, you know. As long as you're doing that, then uh, then then they tend to be fine. So yeah, but it's you know it's good and it's you know it's, I think it's great that they've actually given fans a voice on the official website. So uh, long may it continue. Yeah, absolutely. I, I suppose it's a, it's a, it, there is a climate of optimism, isn't there? I
0: mean, uh, you know, we people it would be dismissive to say that you just write optimistic stuff. What you write is very good and it's analytical. But you know, we are a damaged lot, us us Liverpool fans. You know, we we hit Hicks and Gillette. We had Christ we had Haji you know it's it's been it's been bleak um is it the time for us now as as a a fan base as a group it seems to be hard for it to take hold but is it the time for us to sort of let go of the fear people like our doom monger here Casey just to let let go of the pessimism and maybe embrace 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 the, the, the 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 optimistic side of things what do you think
5: <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'm going to do a cheeky plug actually for a piece I've written. For, um,
0: <laughs> Good man <laughs> for the
5: uh, for the Bib Theorists Advent Calendar that that's uh, I think it's going to be published this week. Oh, yeah. and it's all it's all around kind of you know um, it's all around hope, uh, you know, and and I think you know. what as a fan base, what we really need to do is probably just let go of the, let go of the past, let go of the kind of like the Hicks and Gillette era is past now. It's gone. Hmm. Um, you know, we've come out of it the other end. We're we're second in the league, two points off top. You know, we've got an exciting young side. We've got the third best player in the world. I mean, I, if you'd have given us that, what two three years ago uh or you know, certainly three years ago then then I don't think many people would have believed it. So I think you know, we we could probably do with sitting back and enjoying that and uh you know and, and looking forward with a bit of optimism.
2: But I know Floody is converted. He's sitting here, he, he told me today he's the happiest man he's ever been under football. That's right. <laughs>
5: the happiest I've been in 20 years as Liverpool fan. That's it. I said that to <laughs> you. Yeah, on. I mean, it, it has been absolute shite, to be honest with you, in the last year. That's that's it, yeah. Uh, yeah and, uh, you know, to, I think Liverpool fans have probably got the most reason to be cynical out of, uh, you know, we've seen more full storms and fuck those, I don't know, but, um, you know, I think that uh, I guess you know. At some point, you you know you can kind of try and look 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 at the signs of, of of what might happen in the future. And I think we're doing all the right things at the moment. If we carry on on this path, I think we'll be all right.
2: Yeah, when you're the biggest jinx in the world, or like me, you can never see a, see a, a golden sky at the end of any <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the, the jinx, the jinx was smashed, wasn't it I swear to you. Right. Can we acknowledge that? Or we does can, that we'll, ruin it? No, I don't
2: know. we can acknowledge that the jinx was broken at the weekend. Say, the, the old lad walks into the house at one nil, right, and we're breaking, and it, it was Hendo's goal in the end, right, and he walks in and he says, "What's the what's score? What's the score?" And I was looking at him, and then Henderson misses the fourth one, right. No, oh, no. Suarez misses the fo- follow, but I was I was told him going, "Give the fuck." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> then I, I kicked them out.
0: <laughs> Good, because uh, we don't want any of that stuff hanging around. Sorry, thanks very much for your your thoughts your and your insights. Very enjoyable. We chat with you there. Thanks very much, mate. No
5: worries, Jason.
0: Right, let's move on to the preview of our, our uh, next match, which is obviously at home to Cardiff. We'll get straight into it, I suppose. Uh, what do we think, uh, if any, will be the changes? For the uh, lineup, um, do we see the, the the starting eleven changing? James, can I start with you here?
4: No, I don't. No, um, I mean one of the main reasons for that is the fact that we've not really got too many other options available to us because there's not really you know we, we have got a few injuries and there is also you know the, the thing of well yeah that you know Cardiff at home is a very different fixture from top and away but when the performance is as good as that why would you why would you mess about with it? Um, I, I mean, you know, would, would you, I don't expect Luis Alberto will will start because I, I think the, the the suggestion is he's kind of uh, not necessarily quite physically ready. It's maybe the kind of game where when he does get starts, it'll be in that kind of fixture, a home game against a team who'll finish bottom half. But mm-hmm. um, no, that that would be the one wild card. Shout maybe, but I wouldn't think so, no, because that's the team we picked is on Sunday is basically what most people would say is our best available 11.
0: Yeah,
4: uh, and people some people debate the centre backs, but I don't think you change them in a game where what, what they had to do they did very well and they were good with the ball, so no, I don't think so. You don't
0: see anything much, Floody. Would you agree with James there in terms of uh, very little change for the next
1: game? I, I don't see any reason why there needs to be any changes whatsoever. Um, the only one you could kind of say, and he probably needs a bit of a kick up the airs, is. Johnson, um, mm. maybe Kelly deserves a bit of a look in, let's remember he's an England international, like he's, he's he's no Mowgli. Like he's not just coming from the youth team or whatever, he's a good player, uh, Johnson hasn't been cutting it for me last while, maybe just needs a little bit of a shake, but let's just leave it the way it is probably, and said have a little word with Johnson There's so probably
0: something to that flow isn't there that he, yeah. he's utterly unchallenged really there for his position in terms of like if he's fit he plays
1: and that's it isn't it That's what it seems to be I don't remember Johnson ever sitting on the bench ever Like I don't mm. remember him coming back from an injury and sitting on the bench mm. and waiting us to get in it's it just like he's guaranteed his place every single week I don't know what it is but he hasn't performed and he's probably been the only one that hasn't really performed for us lately but I don't see any change this weekend. I don't see any need to really.
0: And even in terms of the midfield, you don't see it changing up there or shaking up. Anger. Alberto, when he came on, was
1: actually involved in the last two goals? He was involved, but. The, the game was stretched at that stage, and mm. I think there was one part the ball was played for Alberto, and it looked like somebody had reins on him or something like that. He just looked short he's of his he's yard not quick, pace. lad. He's is not he? quick at all. No, he's not. Um, I do think Cardiff would be biting in the middle of the park. They, they will mm. try getting about us, Medell will be mm. looking to kind of rustle things up a little bit in there. And I don't think Alberto's the man on the day. With yeah. that. So I, I just think it's going to be the same.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, what about our, the way in which we approach the match, um, Phil Casey? Any ideas on how we might approach it from a tactical point of view?
2: I I don't see any change to what we've done against um, other teams in Anfield recently. Um, we'll start with a high tempo, and given that the midfield is unlikely to change, there's so much energy in there. There's no reason to change the actual tempo, to change our approach to the actual game. Um, I, I had a look at, look at Cardiff, especially. I had a look back at their their match against Arsenal, where they played at home, and they the majority of their crosses came down there left-hand side. Um, there was, well, it, was a, it was a fairly even split, but they, they, they go wide and look to get balls in. Um, again, I echo what Damo said around uh, Gary Medell. He's a tiger in, in, in the centre of their park and he will go and attack people. Um, he will go and, and, and bash them in terms of what he's not afraid to actually do the dirty work if, if needs be. done. He's, he, uh, uh, when he signed for Cardiff, I was surprised. I was a big advocate of getting him in as the... Defensive monster that we needed in in the actual centre of the park, um, but I don't see any reason why we shouldn't shouldn't go and, and and feel confident going into the game, especially coming off the back of the sports game. Our biggest um, challenge here is complacency, thinking that we'll just turn up and win it the same way yeah. as as we did at Hull.
0: Um, what about I, I, reassure me why we shouldn't have another set Hampton, which I was at and was one of the most miserable experiences I've had at Anfield.
2: I th- again I, I think if the way we played, we didn't we weren't forcing the game. We were prepared to play the ball and play short, quick passing game that was there. are no mugs and the one thing I will say is Bellamy's going to be in that side now whether he starts or whether he comes on and we know how found Bellamy is at um scoring against his former clubs. So I I I, 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 I Listen, it's not going to be no walk in the park. It's going to be a tight game. They were only, Arsenal were only one nil up against them to the eighty-six minute, mm. um, and they scored two in the last five minutes of the game to make it make it safe. And Cardiff had a good few chances at that point. These this is this isn't the Muggs team, but I still think we should be powerful enough to beat them. Can I mm. just
1: put a stat in from uh, the game against West Brom? They had the weekend forty-four percent of their attacks come down the right hand side. Forty-four, actually forty-four percent of everything they done come down the right hand side. Um, so that's just mean,
2: um, on. well. If if that's the case, then they're playing into what we consider would be our stronger side defence because you've got Sacco and Flanagan on the left-hand side, which would be their right-hand side. So, yeah.
0: well, I, I suppose on that then, and, and leading into where we're going to go next, uh, so where, what are what are Cardiff's strengths, and how do we go
5: about uh, combating them? Do you think? Um, that's a it's a difficult. I mean. I um, i think cardiff have done pretty well this season really i mean they've um you know they've come up and uh you know they're playing some decent football um i haven't seen loads of them so i don't know uh kind of you know uh, where where they're particularly strong but the one thing i would probably say is that you know if we you know we should, we should be really looking for a team like cardiff to be imposing our game on them um uh, and and not worry too much i guess about uh about uh, where where they're, where they 're strong, but obviously we need to be be wary of it. I mean, if we play like we did on Sunday, you imagine that we 're going to win, but I completely agree that it 's not going to be a walk in the park um, I think they're, you know they 're a, a good side, and um, I think that we need to go in with the same kind of attitude uh, as we did against spurs and um, if we don 't then I think that we you know there 's every chance that that we might end up getting a sting in the yeah. tail.
0: Yeah, so it's one of those. Basically, what you're saying is, if we look after our own game, then in theory, in theory, on paper, we should do. We should have enough there to to, to win.
5: Yeah, that. some of the other guys might know a little bit more about kind of where Cardiff kind of are str- strong. But um, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, no, no, no. That, 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 I think that makes sense to all of us. Um, James, did you have any specific thoughts on Cardiff before we move on from that topic?
4: Um, yeah, they don't concede many for a team at the bottom end of the league, but they don't score many either. You know, they were, um, which is a really, a really um, incisive observation. They, um, <laughs> they, <laughs> sort of, uh, yeah, basically what I'm saying is they might be quite obstinate, but they're not exactly they're not lethal. I mean, famous last words on that. But um, yeah. I think before they, beat, before they beat West Brom, I mean, I was looking at them before they beat West Brom on on Saturday, and I was thinking we're, we're kind of playing them at a good time. If you need to play a, t- a newly promoted team at Anfield, particularly now, and we're quite good at Anfield. At a good time, we we're, were playing them at a relatively good time. I mean, they have not scored in about five hours or something of football yeah. before that, so they've not got an abundance of um, of kind of obvious goals. I mean, Fraser Campbell's one who scored a few goals, but I think a couple of those have been from corners, haven't they? So you know, set pieces would obviously be one thing. Um, I, mean, I can't. I can't honestly say I know too much about how they set up in, the, in their away games. I've seen them quite a bit when they've been on television, but they've generally only been on telly at home. Well, th- those are the games I've seen them in. Yeah. And you know, away from home, you know, you know, the sort of your you newly promoted teams tend to perhaps set up quite differently. So uh, I couldn't really tell you how they how they line up, but. Um, you, you would think it's a game where look, if we play well we'd have to be very unlucky not to win so we've just got to keep our eye on the ball really I think
0: Fair enough listen before we come to, to, to predictions or anything of that ilk um, Phil you've got a, a, something here that you, you wanted to speak about um, I don't know if it's I'm not going to insult you and say it's almost a redundant question but there's a structure in place there and you're talking about Suarez and the captaincy and uh, Agar etc um, if we read it that Agar doesn't come back then obviously he hangs on to the armband I guess if Agar was to come back into the team it's, it's there's, there's no real discussion is there Phil?
2: I I don't think Aga comes back into the team so I don't think you have you have to worry about that. If he did come back into the team then he's the captain. Yeah. You don't you don't appoint someone vice captain, strip him of the vice captaincy halfway through. I think Suarez would possibly be our voice captain if the show hadn't gone on through the summer. Mm. To be honest with you, like mm. he he's you could see on Saturday I mean sorry on Sunday how much work he put in, and uh, and how much he seems to grow in the captaincy role as well. It wasn't this the Louis Suarez show as, as sometimes has been his has been to his want, um, but he 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 put in a great team performance as such and. It was great to see how well his English had come on as well. It reminded me of the, of the yeah. fast show sketch where your man from Colombia starts gaining more English uh, eight years ago <laughs> as it
0: goes past. Yeah. No, it, it, seriously, though, I thought that was very encouraging. I, it, I think that makes a big difference that open communication with the fans and they can connect with him a little bit better. And he does come off as a humble kid, in fairness, uh, when he was asked that question about the captaincy. He uh, basically said, Jarre the only captain, etc. Yeah, so uh, a man who, who who carried responsibility very well. Well, I suppose we better go around and get an idea of how we think this one's going to go. Um, everything's off the table now, seeing as there's... Uh, Jinx is getting busted left, right and centre, so we don't have to worry about it usual. So, Damo, I'll start with you. How do you think this has got to finish?
1: Um, I, I think it'll be tight for the first 20 minutes. Uh, as we said earlier on, Cardiff are no that they're well set up. Um, he has got a good workman-like team there, and they do... I was reading the weekend uh, the preview of the West Brom Cardiff game, and they gave a lot of positives to West Brom, and the main positive for Cardiff was they protect the lead well. Mm. That that was not one positive they right. had that they're a good, well versed side, and what they do, they make it as difficult as possible. We always say this: the early goal is going to be crucial in the game. <coughs> I think if we get that. We'll go on. Um, I think it's going to be probably two, or three nil to us. Okay, <laughs> well,
0: that's that sounds relatively comfortable, even though you've you've you've. you've, you've, you've
1: thought.
0: What about it? What about uh, yourself? Um, James, what do you think?
4: Liverpool 3, Cardiff City 0.
0: Yes. Oh, specific. Um, any elaboration? Or we just want to leave it at that.
4: Um, I don't know the team that we'll absolutely twat the living daylights out of, but, I, you know, it, it, that's a fairly routine thing for us now. I mean, we've got one of the best, you know, we've got arguably the form player in world football. And you know, he's sort of scoring two two goals a game minimum at the moment. So... There's no reason in a home game at Anfield against a team we will finish bottom off. Why that shouldn't continue? And I think if we're going to if we're going to keep another clean sheet anytime soon, it'll be against Cardiff because um, they're, they're not they're not a brilliantly potent team. I and mean, again, famous last words. I'm not saying we will, but we're more likely to
5: against them than most teams. I would think. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so, yourself. Uh, yeah, I'd probably look at about. I mean, if if we turn up, then you've got to be looking at three or four nil. I'd go four nil probably. I mean, we've scored fourteen goals in the last what three games. Yeah. Um, I think there's only one game this season we failed to score in, if uh, memory serves me right. So, um, and you know, we've just been at Anfield. We've just been since Southampton spanking the living daylights out of teams. So I can't imagine Cardiff are, are looking forward to it, and I certainly can't imagine they're looking forward. Uh, to uh, to face in Suarez. So, um, if if we turn up and play half as well as we did uh, against Spurs, then you've got to be looking at three or four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I personally, uh, I, I'm really not
0: arsed. Once it's a, it's a win, one that'll do me just just fine. I have the same feeling as I had against uh, Spurs. It's basically, I'm not really really optimistic. But Luis Suarez. That's what I said last time. I stand by that. I mean, the kids, the difference, Phil. It's time for a recurring feature featuring our mate Molly. It's the magical transfer merry go roundabout So we've got some um, questions for Molly this week, and we've got some ideas about players that we've come across during the week. I'm going to get the ball rolling here, uh, Molly. I came across a few um, that, uh, that tickled my fancy. The first one is, is fancy-full. I, heard in, or I came across in the, the Daily Express, they were talking about Claudio Marchisio, um, uh, who, because Juve uh, are no longer in the CL, is definitely going to come along to us. 27-year-old Italian international. Uh, deluded, Trevor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's that's the first one. I thought, I'd, like, I'd to start with something stupid. Uh, in the mirror, uh, I know this is going to piss Phil off because he wanted to talk about this kid because he's a bit of a, a Bundesliga fan. This guy Kevin Volland from Hoffenheim, uh, a wide man, German under twenty one international, uh, and the other one that again I like the, the sound of, but it's t- I think it's total nonsense. Is uh, meet you. Um, because things are going badly for him, people are starting to say that, you know, Boney's going to edge him out and stuff like that. Now, of those slightly bigger names, I said, I said I'd start with a few of those. Uh, do, do they all sound like nonsense to you, Molly?
3: To be honest with you, nothing has come my way of, of any of those names. Voland is one that would probably suit uh, FSG's profile more than the other two. Mm-hmm. But nothing has come my way of any of those names whatsoever.
0: Well, let me, let me just give one then that I'm sure you have heard about. I think you've mentioned it before. And there's this kid, Kostas Mitroglou, at Olympiakos, with 14 goals in 10 league games. And I think he scored all of his, uh, his team's goals in the Champions League so far. And they've progressed. Um, bizarre fees, lowish fees getting thrown around. I don't know where, where they come from. Have you any uh, word on Mitroglou?
3: Well, what I heard about him is he's actually nailed on. That was the quote that I was giving. Right. Now, because I know we, we are looking at bringing in another striker. Uh, even own Shane Long has been looked at Danny Ings has been scouted but this guy seems to be the number one target and from what I was told this guy's nailed on to come in now Olympiacos have obviously got through to the Champions League last 16 with Fiat United so hmm. I don't know if that was a better of the works but seemingly the club is confident to bring this guy in Right very good
2: Mownie uh, on um, <coughs> what any idea what the fee being mentioned is? It, it,
3: it, over 10 million I believe it was 10-11 million around that kind of mark we're looking at I
2: thought, I, 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 I thought when I read it myself it was in around the 7 million mark but I am No, be...
3: no having said that when I was giving the 10 million fee that could include wages or signing on fees right? anything like that but they mm, yeah. reckon it's going to cost in around 10 million to get, to get him in
2: Gotcha and again sort of similar to what we said before I, I'm, I'm expecting that if we're going to do this we're going to try get in and get this done early in, in the actual window itself would it be right?
3: Well again as I just spoke for a couple of weeks the plan is to get it our players in mm. as soon as possible in the first few days of the window really we'll have time to be put together but we are hopeful that we can do our business very early January gotcha.
0: That business then would involve, if you've heard Metroglou what are the more likely ones then that do you think um, you might be reiterating what you've said before but um, what are the more other likely names that you've, that you've heard
3: Coming in wise yeah. well you know I, I've I spoke about him in Vina previously now what I've also heard this week is that Alex Hong could also be an option yeah for have so we've seriously looked at him and uh, but you know I know Napoli are also interested in taking him off for Barcelona at times I don't know if it's going to happen I don't think the club is too confident because what I heard the other day is he's actually turned down Man United already and mm. the quote i given is if he's turned down Man United what chance have we got mm. but it is someone that we have looked at and we would be interested in bringing in if a deal could be done right right
2: and I take it then the, the, the MV rumours have started subside at this stage.
3: Yeah, I have a, a bit of a retraction there to make, actually. I know Trev asked me two weeks ago about Brendan Rogers' situation, mm. and I had said that I heard that, that he was going out if he doesn't finish top four. I should have put that in a bit of context because I was told that it was around the start of the season, maybe just after the start of the season, yeah. that Brendan Rogers and FSG had a slight falling out because of the transfers that Rogers wanted the FSG to to push the deal a bit more, spin extra one or two million when needed. F&G didn't want to, so they had a bit of falling out over that. Mm-hmm. But since then, I spoke to a couple of people, all those issues seem to be earned out, and when it comes to the contract, it's just ice we got it, and peace crossed at this stage. And I suppose after the
2: weekend's result, I don't think there's any one of us that wouldn't want to see that contract be signed at this stage.
3: I agree, so... I have an apology to make there to a, a listener called Jerkane who rightly let, let me have it on Twitter. Well, sorry Jerk that was my bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair play, Molly. Fair play to you. Um, what about things going the other way then? Are, are there any stories about people leaving Anfield?
3: Uh, as we spoke about two weeks ago, I said I heard the Iago is going to Valencia. Mm. Now, since then, that was reported in the, the mer. Now, what was important there is uh, the section's journalist who broke it. it was a guy called Ed Malin. Mm-hmm. Now, Ed was the same journalist who broke the story that LSC were about to sign Aspas. Mm-hmm. So, I got a chance to speak to Ed recently to ask him about this, and he tells me that three Spanish clubs are interested in Aspas, Belencio being one of them. I'm led to believe the are two are uh, Real Betis in Celta Vigo. Mm. And I'm led to believe the player himself would favor a move back to Celta Vigo.
0: Gotcha. Right. And it's in a straight-up kind of deal, Molly or in, in another the deal,
3: Messi? It's a loan deal. The yeah, the loan okay, deal. Okay. He just hasn't settled in site. from what I heard. He's slightly homesick as well. Yeah. He's got a new diet, weight programme, all of that. And he, he's looking to go back to Calderico, get some game time, and maybe come back in the summer.
0: Okay, anything else exit-wise that you've heard?
3: Another name that popped up is uh, Lee Nichols. He's a Wiggins goalkeeper, second-slash-third choice there. Uh, he's actually originally from Liverpool as well and I, I spoke to a friend of Lee's recently who told me that he's working out in a, a local boxing gym in Kirby just to get up his confidence and his strength and so on for move to Liverpool because he said Liverpool are more definitely interested and uh, Lee's hoping the deal can be done there.
2: Excellent. Yeah. Come here, Mody, I take it with Sterling's recent resurgence and form, the likelihood of him going on a loan is, is less likely. And we probably. Any any word on Moses being
0: sent back to Chelsea? Could we loan him, do you
2: think?
3: You no, know, I've heard about Moses being sent back to Chelsea. You no, I've, heard, I've heard that Sissoko, we're looking to send him back to uh, Valencia, please, he came from Moses. So we're looking to send him back. Wow. I haven't heard of anything of Moses in regards to Sterling. You know, this loan move was was lined up before Sturge's injury, but now the Sturge's out injured and he's getting some game time. That may not no longer happen, but yeah. something I would look into. For you.
2: And come here, um, the one that Damo mentioned himself and he's here with us tonight, Mohamed Salah. Uh, the, 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 like, it, I know everyone was going on about Draxler and the whole lot, and the,
3: the likelihood of Draxler coming to us. I think that, us that, Draxler, th- that Draxler, that, that Draxler rumour is complete rubbish. Brendan mm-hmm. Rodgers was over to watch the game, but
2: yeah.
3: more than likely he was looking at Salah and not Draxler. Yeah, because Draxler, he, he's worth about £40 million and there's no way we could afford that.
2: And was it, the rumour was that Salah's agent was, was at Anfield. Am I mean, right in thinking
3: that? Yep. Yeah, I got that, that confirmed. Yeah, yeah, I got what he was saying That was confirmed, and uh, a little birdie tells me get his agent was uh, White Hart said to watch the game as
1: well. Yeah, yeah. So, Molly, I'm just wondering, did you hear the one that was floating around uh, the last two days of Pogba for twenty million? Or that complete yeah, rubbish, rubbish as well?
3: Complete rubbish. You know, there's there's not. He
2: could have back to c- Paris. Mowdy, well, since the, th- the lads are going for the event midfield, any chance of the Dal coming to us as well? <laughs> I, would, I would take him gladly, but I can't see that one happening. Well, what about Pirlo on a free at the end of the season? <laughs> I, I, keep, yeah, it's I, <laughs> I keep seeing these this uh, free transfer level yeah. that, that's, been, that's, been, that's knocking around all the time. And I'd sign them all, bar, bar, but Buthoff. Yeah.
3: Well, see, we, we actually have some money to spend in this journey. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's been 20 to 30 million, not mm-hmm. taking in two or three players. And I reckon the name that's going to go out will probably be Daniel Agar. Like I, I was speaking to a guy recently who said that it looks like that, that he's gone, that we have an offer on the table from Barcelona and Napoli for Agar, and we are willing to accept it. So it's really up to player to stage.
0: Ah, interesting, <laughs> and that will upset quite a lot of people. I think our own Andy won't be too happy with that one. Very um, good, very good. Very um, good. What about what about one last one to throw at you? It's the, it's another old chestnut. It's almost in the in the every week you hear it uh, typing and uh, it just won't go away. This one is 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 that more nonsense? Do you think or why won't it go away? Basically,
3: I, I think that one will go away. I, I don't see
2: anything that out either. If I'm honest with you, yeah, yeah. Come here, one uh, one random name I showed Was is there where we scouting a Bernardo Silva or something like that? Recently? Yeah, that's right.
3: I... I was speaking to a, a friend of, of one of our scouts recently and they've been over in Portugal and Bernardo Silva, he's a Benfica player, mm-hmm. they've been forward, they've been looking at him but he's 19, 20 years of age. Mm. So yeah, they've, they've had a look at him and now I don't know if there's going to be a general move or a summer move but we are keeping an eye on developments there.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. I'm just wondering, is it, I take it we haven't been linked at all and I haven't seen any links with uh, Ricardo Rodriguez, the, the Wolfsburg left back because he, he looks no, I, he looks a player when
3: it comes to when it comes to left backs uh, I Montoya, he looks like he's stayed at Barcelona now doesn't he yeah mm-hmm. and you know I heard Ryan Bertrand. He's actually off to Southampton Is what I've heard Yeah well, <laughs> it would way, probably mean Shaw's going going to Chelsea More than likely But I heard mm. Bertrand Is off to Southampton
0: Well we don't need so. Left backs anymore Molly. do we I mean we've got John Bertrand. Carlos there said the Twitter,
3: I said it On Twitter I'd leave <laughs> Fennigan Give him a run of games He's yeah. where he goes. Plus you know, he can yeah. be back In the next month yeah. or so Yeah Well, you yeah. name to watch out for Is a name called Marcel Janssen He's the Hamburg left back That's the name I was given left back that We're keeping an eye on
2: Yeah Jansen's not a bad Young player at all
0: and to to wrap it up then, Molly, are there any other little uh, waves or strays or rumours that you'd like to supply us with before we before we wrap it up? No, that's that's it for this
3: week. We're anything else? I keep you warned.
0: That's more than good enough, mate. Thanks a million. Great to get it no, again. No problem. Great to on. Thanks, thanks, thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, right, let's move on to our uh, little look at uh, the... The real r- insight. The work- workings <laughs> of our listeners' minds. Uh, when we get some questions from them um, every week, there's some gems in here, and this week's no exception. So we'll start off with one from Carl Fitzgerald. He's on Twitter at C J and he asks, what is the best thing that can be wrapped in pastry? What is the best thing that can be wrapped in pastry? Um... <laughs> you can start off, <laughs> James. He's pointing at you, mate. I'm not even getting into this. <laughs>
4: I'll Make a serious point on this. I want to make a serious point in terms of pastry, right? <laughs> yeah, go uh, ahead. Right, uh, apple isn't isn't a good isn't a good example because apple's better in a crumble than a pie. Okay. Oh, okay. See specifics.
0: Right. I told you to go to James, and that's you, you, that. Tardo it, t- t- was on a wind up uh, again. Yeah. Well, I just presume. Okay. Right. The only you've got some. That's proper insight there. Yeah. You know,
4: they better pastry. Pastry with with apple pies usually isn't very good. Crumbles much better. It comes from blitz. Like. This comes from rationing and another blitz. It's not literally the blitz. Like you know, the Nazis didn't bomb us with fucking apple crumbles. Like. <laughs>
0: ra- r- this would be a perfect moment for Uncle Albert. <laughs> wouldn't <it>? wouldn't <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Next question is from Connor Lynch at Official Trade on Twitter. He asks Has our improved form got anything to do with Brendan Rodgers staying off the sunbeds in recent weeks? I hadn't noticed he's looking paler. Damo, do you notice? <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's looking a little bit pale. He could do it. No Sancho Pay, spray tan or something. Maybe that's <laughs> yeah, all there is to so, it. yeah.
0: Yeah, so you don't think it's got any bearing on it? You don't uh, think he's putting in extra hours in the office or anything? No, I
1: doubt it. I doubt it. Okay,
0: right next one. I think the, the, the loss
2: of the Johnny Cash uh, man in black rig out has made a big difference. The, we wore that horrible shitty outfit to, to Arsenal away. That's a fucking jinx as well. Where do you anorak?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jesus, you see jinxes around every corner. Next question is from, believe it, from, uh, from Carl Trotman. Uh, we're going to James with this one. Carl asks, "What is your favourite Father Ted episode?" James.
4: Um, it's a question I really wanted, and uh, it's a difficult one to answer because it's they're all at a very similar level. Father Ted was amazingly consistent. Um, Few that come to mind. Um, the rat one with the raffle. Forget the title. but you right there, Father Ted? I think. Yeah. That was a good one. I think um, Christmas special, obviously, was was outstanding. I think I'm going to have to kick and Bishop Brown at the arse, but I'm going to I'm going to say speed three just because of Mrs.
0: Millet. <laughs> <laughs> remind people what, what you're talking about there specifically.
4: Uh, miss, Mrs. M- Mrs. M- Mrs. Millett is um, one of uh, Pat Mustard's customers. Um, obviously, Pat Mustard <laughs> is, is the sort of um, the Lothario milkman who do. Lothario, yeah. She answered the door expecting it to be Pat. Uh, and basically just removes a dressing gown and uh, it's Dougal at, at the door and uh, yeah great.
0: yeah yeah his delayed reaction is probably one of the best moments ever isn't it those women were on the nip <laughs> yeah it's brilliant alright next question is from uh, grey uh, at Gray Not David. Uh he asks this and I'm going to fill Casey with this one you're dumped naked on an island which is the single survival tool that you take with you obviously you've had a foresight to bring something with you what do you bring with you <laughs> no pockets <laughs> <laughs> obviously yeah, you got to hold it in your hand or wear it around your neck or something kid.
2: Um, I didn't even look at the questions this week so <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus <Jeez laughs> Christ and the um, abuse he gives to other people well, like, uh, um, cardboard box <laughs> that's not a survival tool <laughs> <laughs> jeez you will not even listen this time round <laughs> I am um, bottle string Ball of strength, how will you survive at your ball of strength, Phil? If you want mine elucidating further, I am enjoying I'm enjoying this. I've no clothes, man. <laughs> what difference does it make? Big. <laughs> I, this is my favorite one, actually. This is from the same man from Grey, and he asks, I'm gonna go around to everyone on disc. If you could have one superhero power, which would you pick? Uh, there's some of the obvious shouts here. Damil, what would you say?
1: Um. I'd like the invisibility but I suppose it has to be flying we had to fly over and back to Liverpool the whole time
5: <laughs> flying over back to the match yeah. uh, so if there's one superpower what would it be? Uh, flying would be fucking cool wouldn't it I, <laughs> I think if you could fly everywhere imagine the imagine away games no hanging around in airports <laughs> so uh, I think that's, that would be pretty cool. It probably says something about us as a group of people that the
0: two lads have immediately looked at getting to get the match.
2: <laughs> but, but not, you could actually, you wouldn't have to buy tickets. You could just come in and hover over the ground, right? <laughs> so you could actually just hover. Like, you know, the stewards come and uh, have you got a ticket? You just take off and you just stand about 15 yeah. foot above them, you know.
0: Hover <laughs> naked with your ball of string
4: just above the goals. Uh,
0: <laughs> James, uh, superpower, what would it be?
4: Well, I've, I've, in the past and quite recently, actually, I've had quite a few dreams where I can fly and it's absolutely brilliant. It's just, uh, I, think, I, don't know, I don't know if it's great in real life and I never will, but I mean, you know, in, in if it's anything like when you dream it, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. But I think I'd, I'd genuinely say, and this is a bit of a missed world answer, but I would, I'd have, I'd have the superpower to just put an end to all kind of, uh, all, all unjust suffering and, you know, and, and poor fortune in the world. If that could be quantified as a, a superpower, that's what I'd have because I'd, I'd uh, that would be good for a lot of people, wouldn't it? It would be interesting to see how that would work. Is it like some sort of big sound wave? I
0: don't know how you're going to do that, but I'm interested. Click,
4: click, you know, click my fingers and people would like stop getting leukemia and getting subject to genocide and whatever. And I think a lot of other problems would go away as a result of that as well. So, good. Finger, finger clicking, good.
0: Exactly. excellent.
4: <laughs> Phil Casey, your favorite
0: superpower.
2: Um, uh, up until recently, I always wanted to have a pair of time travel. Mm. For the opposite reasons to James, God, I would be just a complete megalomaniac. Oh, you and do I would take over me. the world. You by, do surprise by, me by being able to go back in time and just manipulate things so that I became the ultimate controller of the world. Mm-hmm. So anyway, because you can't. What's changed in the last three days? I found out a new way to do it. Right? Okay. I want to be able to download myself, download my consciousness into oh, Fucking the internet, hell. right, and exist as well. So I'm, I'm both everywhere and in one
0: place at the same time. So you're some sort of Casey Matrix.
2: Omnipresent.
0: Oh, fucking Jim. hell. All-knowing, all-seeing, all in control. That's absolutely perfect for you guys. Uh, perfect. My Christ. This man's ego knows no bounds. Next up is uh, another friend of the show, Johnny Milburn. Johnny asks there's some sort of uh, slang here which I'm completely unfamiliar with so you, just, you boys are going to have to interpret this you've got a lob on so what would you do if you scored a goal for LFC <laughs> <laughs> anyone willing to take that well, the one thing I wouldn't do is lie down on my back and let everyone
2: <laughs> jump on top of me while the photographer's got <laughs> the got full out a shot of it I think so <laughs> did you see the way he was holding Lucas up as well
0: uh, yeah <laughs>
2: with, with no hands is that what you're implying
0: <laughs> uh, right <laughs> Right? <laughs> okay. Next question. I think we'll go around to everyone for this. Uh, this is from Irish Skies at Irish Skies, and she asks, What is your favourite moment? Or what was your favourite moment from Sunday's win? She mentions the, the the light in Kenny's face when Flannel scored, who's got to rank up there highly for me. Uh, I'll go around to everybody. James, can I start with you? Your favourite moment from Sunday?
4: <laughs> well, any of the goals, if you can believe that. Um, yeah. The, the, Fl- the Flanagan one stands out because it's. Um, it's John Flanagan scoring a half volley in off the bar, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but uh, do you know another one would be Paulinho getting sent off? Because at 2-0 up, when they go to, down to 10 men, that's when you, you're fairly confident there's no comeback for them. And you yeah. think, right, we look like coming away from this with a win. And I was just really relieved.
0: Oh, was that, was that quiet, quiet little moment of happiness? Or was it a punch the air type of get off?
4: It was a Paulinho getting the fucking
5: bin on Twitter. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> Good lad. Good lad. <laughs>
0: Good lad. <laughs> so lad. So as your favorite
5: moment from Sunday. Ah, uh, someone's got to dig out this piece of footage, but apparently, I, th- I think it was James Pierce said that uh, when Flano scored, uh, Rogers went charging down the touchline, uh, <laughs> oh <my> w- <laughs> waving his am- arms around like a lunatic. And uh, I think, uh, I just got—I just love to see that. Oh, and yeah. uh, I think um, I, I just, the great thing about Flano's goal is it just showed, you know, everyone at the club together. I mean, the players' reaction, Flano got excited, a bit too excited, and... Um, I, I, I think um you know <laughs> Rogers uh Rogers was uh, was over the moon and Kenny was even uh, even going mad up in the stands. It was just a great moment. Right, <laughs> nice one. Uh Damo, your favourite moment from Sunday? Uh, the fa- the
1: favourite moment was that time the that the first goal Suarez when he's put through which he's true on goal and I'm shouting, just hit it as hard as you can yeah. He takes that force touch and just comes inside and rolls it in the corner. Yeah. It's just oh. Yeah. Orgasmic.
0: That's a moment right there. Yeah. Phil, for you.
2: My my favourite moment in the game. Do you remember when Michael Dawson took out Henderson on the run trip? Yeah, come on, explain to me how how could that be your favourite moment? It was just ridiculously funny. <laughs> he almost dives across him, full on rugby tackling across the across him, right? And it just but I'd say <laughs> I, right the whole game was brilliant but that just had me in fits laughing I was just going like there, was no, there wasn't even an attempt I had disguised the foul I was like I'm going I'm to take it, you,
0: and you're gone and that's it and he went so that, was, that would be your highlight of Sunday
2: <laughs> it had me in fits laughing I genuinely thought, that it, I thought it was hilarious there was tears rolling down my face <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I loved it I, I also another great moment was in the interview after the game and Suarez and Henderson were doing the post-match interview right mm. and I could understand Suarez more I could <laughs> understand my Henderson <I> <laughs> <what I'm laughs> talking about <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. it's just it's it's great uh, also um, Brendan giving the, the five to the bench oh that was quality yeah. that oh was,
0: uh, no no my, my favourite yeah, one was Brendan as well
2: oh no I wasn't going to say Brendan I'll the mascot on. trying to be a smart smart one to, oh. to Suarez giving her the oh, yeah, she yeah, gave the Yeah.
0: last laughs on you did you I, see the mock up <laughs> with that one done as well yeah Suarez right let's finish it up with some uh, little bits of admin if we could I want to thank our hosts, Astro Park, for lending us the uh, fully-soaked ambience of this place here. It's the best place in Dublin to play fully. You can find out about the tremendous facilities here at www.astropark.ie. And a little shout-out again for their Christmas Club Blitz, which is on the 28th of December uh, at 3 p.m. 40 euros per team, four players per team. It's bubble football, and there's a six-month subscription to Satanta for uh, the winners. If you want to find out a little bit more, you can email infotala at astropark.ie. Um, another little thing we wanted to mention is that we've got Jonathan Wilson and Scott Murray, co-authors of uh, The Anatomy of Liverpool, appearing in the Sugar Club in Dublin on the 12th of January. Tickets are available at www.event.com bright tickets.com
2: yeah, just, I, I think that's the right link I'll, we'll put the right link into, into fair the fair
0: enough uh, we'll retweet the link anyway later on uh, and the poster for the event we'll be there in the night uh, the books looks at 10 LFC matches from the foundation of the club all the way through to Istanbul and, uh, and
2: we're also going to have tickets to give away for that as well
0: I was about to say that but you'd feel free to keep putting across yeah, yeah, no that it does work no really well yeah. uh, the <laughs> Christmas party is recording next week uh, it's not out Christmas Eve. Uh, there may be some alcohol involved. It depends on who who's here on the night. Um, we'll have a little a number of impod pod guests. There's going to be a bit of madness. Uh, so look out for that one. Um, five times, lads, they've been on uh, about their event with Cara and Didi in the Olympia. Uh, you should get on that it'll be a great night and we will also have tickets to give away for that too in an upcoming pod and before we wrap up we'll also have a proper interview with a very well known pundit and author coming up for you very soon and a couple of competitions in which you can win some very nice things indeed your day trippers tonight were Size Steers who you can find at Size Steers on Twitter and on liverpoolfc.com we also had our regular rumour machine Mr Moley of uh, Beyond the Cop and at MoleyBTK fame And we also had our regulars uh, in this House of Ill Repute football talk, Phil Casey, Damien Flood, James Owens, and myself, Trev Downey. Let's be careful out there.
5: Hey, jingety-jing, it's Dominic the donkey. Jingety-jing, the Italian Christmas donkey. la, 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 la. La la, la 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 Santa's got a little friend, his name is Dominic, the cutest little donkey you never see him kick. When Santa visits his paisans with Dominic, he'll be because the reindeer can I climb the hills of Italy. Hey, jingity jing! It's Dominic the donkey. Jingity jing! The Italian Christmas donkey. La 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 la
1: a cowboy place. Ain't no time like a
2: cowboy time. Ain't no way like the cowboy way. Have a cowboy kind of day. Yeah.
0: Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun.
2: Have a cowboy kind of day at a Roy's. Ain't no way
0: DoorDash, and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package, but that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated, and right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So, if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone.
5: Sports Social Podcast Network.